Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by assholeconsulting.com. Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. And now, your host... Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Uh, Greetings and salutations. It's the Clary Podcast. We're gonna we're gonna do we're we're gonna we're gonna save my sanity here. Is what we're going to do. It, it has come to my attention that family members, relatives, loved ones, friends, uh, you know, people who are on, on the pro-cappy side, they, they uh, what are you doing this time? What are you doing that time? When are you going to be in town? It, guys, I don't know, right? And I think it's time that I explain to, to, for those of you in the world with schedules, those of us, you know, all five of us who we don't have schedules, I don't have a schedule. <laughs> I, I don't have a schedule. You know what? It's great. It's great not having a schedule. You want to know why? Because one of the best benefits of having no schedule is the lack of worry or the lack of rush or, or <clears throat> you are alleviated of the chore of having to remember, what am I doing today? What am I doing tomorrow? What am I doing at this time? What am I doing at that? It's great. It's, it's probably one of the best. If I had to sit down and think about it, the luxury that comes not with, with being able to work independently, being able to work from home, it's not having to do anything at any time. It's that that freedom that I can postpone things indefinitely if I want to. And I, don't even, I can't really do it indefinitely, but it's kind of like, eh, I'm going to do whatever I want whenever. I can do it at, I can do it structured where it's the most optimized for leisure and joy and pleasure, or I can optimize it where I get the stuff most done in terms of efficiency and expeditiousness and, and, and economics, which is what I typically do. But regardless of how you schedule a non-scheduled day, it, 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 it throws a monkey wrench. It's the needle off the record. It's the, the, the fingernails on the chalkboard when people try and peg me down for a time. And heaven forbid it gets even worse if it's down the road several days, months. I even have my mom, literally. I think I've trained her now. I think I trained her to stop asking me what I'm doing nine months from now. And maybe this was a thing in the 1800s. Like, okay, yeah, we got to worry about winter. What are we going to do seven months from now? Well, I'll come, I'll roll into Dodge City with my cattle somewhere on this week, give or take a couple days. All right, it's not that technology anymore. It's not that time anymore. But I remember my mom, among other people, not just my mom, they, they would literally want it. like I had an answer. Like I had, what are you doing June 7th, 2017? As if I had a schedule handy and I had my time and my life scheduled out that far in advance. And now I can understand certainly like, okay, what's your week look like? I understand that. That's what most people have. You have a week. You have a schedule. Little Jimmy has soccer on Thursdays. He always has soccer on Thursdays. 
from 5:30 to 7:30 and then little Amy and then and then we never see you cuz you're running around <clears throat> being the private chauffeur of the children you spat out that you couldn't afford time-wise or financially now, I know for those of you that have that life or have a mortgage and have a McMahon or whatever that and a career that you have to have your time scheduled and blocked out and efficiently packed in there. So I get that. Your time is completely not me. Not me. I don't know where I'm going to be tomorrow, let alone four hours from now. Right now, I don't know what I'm doing. I know I'm doing the podcast. I'm doing the podcast. We got TJ Martinell maybe coming in. He's got to tell me I met him over in. Seattle, very interesting things going on there. I wanted to have him. He's a real journalist, by the way. He might come in. That's about it. That's as far. I might I might go to the bathroom. I might even pause and go to the bathroom. You won't know. I have no idea what I'm doing two hours from now. And I and I I've become not only have I become <clears throat> acclimated to it, but I really unconsciously appreciate it until some it's like your health. You don't realize you have it until it's gone. It's the same thing. All of a sudden, somebody wants to peg me down for a day at a time. When you coming in? When you're going to be there? What are you going to do now? Where are you going to be three hours from now? Now I got to sit down, take precious fucking moments of my day out of my time and sit there and project like, okay, when am I going to be there? And then that's the worst thing is you got to adhere to it. Then you got this chore. Like if I decide on something to do a month from now, now I got to worry about it. That is itching the back of my brain, bothering me, keeping me up at night. Oh, God, I got to do that. Like interviews. I hate doing interviews. I don't mind doing the the the, the act of going and being interviewed. I, I don't mind that. That's fine. Have good conversation. I actually enjoy it. It's just like having a conversation. But when they come in and they say, hey, we'd like to do an interview. At, and I, God bless you guys. I'm talking like um, like Carrie Lutz. Uh, financialsurvivalnetwork.com, the guys over at um, um, Crush the Street YouTube channel. Okay, and, and I love it and thank you because they're doing me a favor. They're giving me free advertising. But it's like, fuck. I got to, oh, that's coming up this week. I set my alarm now. That's how few obligations I have that I actually have to do something is I set my alarm to go off. Like, oh, that's the one thing I have to do this month. Otherwise, it's like free open range, truly free open range, full take of gas, motorcycle with adequate roads, perfect riding weather. That's what it's like not having a schedule. And you're out there, you're driving around, I'm going to go over here, I'm going to go over there. What's over here? I've never, oh, change of plans, I'm going to do this. And then your mom calls, hey, you, what are you doing? July 17th, 2017. Your brother's going to come into town. My mom doesn't sound anything like this, by, by the way. <clears throat> she doesn't have that scraggly smoker's East Coast voice. But I'm just saying, it's, it is that kind of screech. you like, and in the 6th, we might have dinner at 6.30. I, but we, what do you want for dinner? It's like, fuck, I don't care. Now, now I have to interrupt my metaphorical riding across the West on my motorcycle with a perpetually full tank of gas with no schedule, no itinerary. That freedom is gone. Now you're nailed down. It's like having a leash put around you. And it may be a long leash. It may be a two-week leash. But you got that motherfucking leash. And it's anchored to a pole somewhere. And you got to go over here. And you're like, okay, here I am at 6.30. Well, we're not quite ready yet. We're going to have dinner more at 7. Fine! We're having dinner at 7. I don't care. And then you get it all. Well, we don't all have your schedule. 
Some of us need to plan. No, you really don't. No, I mean, I understand some of you do. Like, if you're working full-time and your spouse is working full-time and you have a bunch of kids, yeah. But if you're an empty nester or retired, you got plenty of time open. You have plenty of time. You ain't got no kids. You should have a reasonably open schedule. Oh. To have that where you got where you even know what you're doing a week out, that's gotta isn't that a form of slavery? Not a slavery, but that's a, that's like anti-freedom. Like you have all these obligations, even if they're fun. I understand. Oh, I got I play baseball on Tuesdays. Okay, I, I could see that's fun. But it still commits you to that. It still takes it out. That's another reason I get to just take off and go and travel whenever I want. There, there really is no schedule. Hey, that's why I need rigor and discipline, or some at least a little bit of schedule. Am I like, oh no, I got, I got. Dungeons and Dragons on Tuesday nights. I was looking to get into that. Uh, they were going to do an online one. Beckloff and Pals, they were going to do that. Do an online Dungeons and Dragons game. But they never got around to it. Or they, they did get around to it, and they just don't like me. And they said, don't don't tell that fucker Clary. That's it. That's So there's my schedule. Don't ask me what I'm doing. Don't ask me when I'm coming through town. I show up like the wind. I just kind of breeze through town. And then people are all worried. Like, that, that's the other thing, I guess. That maybe I'm, I don't want to, what's the word? Where, like, you're setting upon them or, oh, I don't mean to set upon you to force you to start making dinner. It's like, no, dude, I'll just, I'll just go with the wind. I'll just go down to the next town. Just seeing if you're in. Just stopping by. Talked about that before. I can stop by. Visit your pals. Visit your friends. Hey, yeah, I'm just stopping by. Don't need to call. See, but now think about that. Back in the day, though, that was during college. And we were busy. We had jobs. We could still just stop by. I bet you it's when you get old. Boy, people suck when they get older. Olden days, busy, had a job, had school, had career. You could still stop by. And then they were happy. Now it's like, oh, my gosh, you threw a monkey wrench into their plans. Oh, my God, you're here. Well, had I known... That's the other thing. I, I kind of like, I finish my work for the day. I'm kind of like, eh, what do I do? That's how I do my day. I wake up. I have my to-do list right here. Here's my to-do list. Right there. The secret to my success. It's not prioritized. I got some things I got to do, and I'll get it done. And then the end of the day comes along. I'm like, yeah. And then I ask myself the question. Then I ask myself the question, what do I want to do? I'm kind of hungry. Let's go get dinner. And then I text people, hey, think about getting a bite to eat in 15 minutes. Now, that was normal par for the course in the 80s and 90s. You pick up your phone, you call me, hey, I'm thinking about getting dinner. You want to go? Yeah, yeah, I'll see you. Let's go. And then you'd meet for dinner. Now I get lambasted. I get yelled at. I get lectured and screamed at. If I give us more than three hours heads up, like how much more heads up do you need? And then this is not like I'm commanding you to go. It's like, hey, would you like to go? I'm going to do activity X. Would you like to go? I don't mean to like, like I'm saying you better show up or I'm going to, I'm going to hate you for the rest of my life. No, we're going to go to Perkins. You want to get some pie? No, you can't. You're busy. Cool. No problem. (laughs) Why am I always right all the time? Why the fuck am I always right? Oh, I need a legion of me. What's a legion? Is that a thousand soldiers? No, a legion was 10,000. I've been listening to this thing, the British History Podcast. Hang on, let's look this up. Let's do this right. 
What's a legion? 10,000. All the history nerds are like, it's 10,000! How many soldiers in a legion? 5,000. <clears throat> okay, 5,000. Three lines of 10 multiple. Yeah, so I've been listening to this, um, this British history podcast thing. And it's great. This internet is great. But... And and thank God, because I'm finally interested in history again. So it's all a good development, but yeah, I'm still going to bitch and whine about something. You could see the influence of leftist politics in the best, shall we say, historians and podcasters and historical recorders of our time. Like, this guy did a great job. For example, there's three three podcasts... Well, two podcasts I very much enjoy, and one where if I selectively choose the episodes of the podcast, it's very enjoyable. One's the Russian Rulers History Podcast, but I'm already through all that. This next one, uh, British History Podcast, that's very good. And the other one is the Stuff You Missed in History Podcast. And they're all very well done, they're very great, but take out... The only one done perfectly was the Russian Rulers History Podcast, and it's probably because the guy's older... Um, he knows people want to hear the Russian rulers history podcast. They want to hear about Russian history and they don't want no politics, but, uh, two of them, the stuff you missed in history podcast and this British history podcast, their, their socialism, their leftism, their political bias, and it may not even be a, a conscious political bias, but this, you can see the indoctrination they received in history class or the history degree, just, just, just fall out, crack out, not not purpose. They're unaware of it. Like, okay, the British History Podcast. This guy is a millennial putz. He lives at home, or at least I assume so because I've listened to it, and all he does is talk about himself and his life, at least in the beginning. And it's like, you know what? If you have an interesting life, cool. But I didn't tune in to listen to you talk about yourself and how your parents freaking, uh, oh wait, this is the Curseful Podcast, how your parents fucking uh, uh, sponsor you, quote, sponsor you. And then you the uh, continuing on with the British history, especially in the Roman times, this guy cannot shut up about how the Romans are misogynistic and homophobic. And I'm like, okay, I can't understand. Maybe you address it once or twice. Like, yeah, there's a reason why there's not a lot of female emperors in the Roman Empire. I can understand why they're not like the Greeks. They're like, yeah, we're a little bit against homosexuality. But the guy... Every episode until the Romans are finally kicked out of Britannia. He's like, and the Romans, who are misogynists, by the way, who also hate the gays. It's like, dude, I got, I didn't tune in for a political sermon. I get that from all over the fucking place. It's the same thing with uh, the two gals over in Stuff You Missed in History podcast. They do a great job, as does the guy in the British History podcast. They do a great job with the history. But again, that leftism, that brainwashing comes in and it seeps in. And you can see it, it's just... Nails on the chalkboard again. If they have a, if they do an episode, that typically the girls who do stuff you missed in history podcast, they do interesting things you missed in history uh, class because most teachers suck, and most of the schools suck, and most of the school administrators suck, and all the academians and the doctorates in education decided what you're going to study in history, they suck too, and so they give you boring crap to study, and you miss out on some really cool stuff. So they go back and they try and find this really cool stuff, but if it has a hint. Just a hint of violence, a hint of tragedy or 
war or something. They say, well, we just want to give you a trigger warning. That's it. And there's always a trait, and they're serious about it. It's not like, well, you might get triggered. Ha ha, that's a funny, we don't really. They actually believe that you can get triggered. They, and, and just the, the soft skin, they're just like, well, they talk about slavery in this one. And, and I know that may, may make some of you feel uncomfortable. I'm like, are you guys that shielded from the real? I mean, and you, and they are, they are, they're from academia. They've never worked in the real world. Their feels are of uber alles importance. And it just kind of ruins it. It's like having a fly in your martini. It's like, fuck, this is a great martini, but you put a fly in it. I'd love to take I know I could probably drink it. It's perfectly fine. The alcohol killed whatever disease the bug may have had, but th- it, y- you kind of ruined it at the beginning. And th- th- like I said, they're not even conscious of it. They... They really do believe, I really do believe they've, they've been brainwashed and trained getting their doctorates or whatever the degrees were in history that you just can't teach fucking history. It's like artists. Artists just can't paint the fucking picture. They can't sculpt the fucking sculpture and they can't uh, compose the fucking music. No, there always has to be a political issue or statement behind it. Really, it is. it's completely ruined art. I just want to see something pretty. I wanted to take in something beautiful. I wanted to see something that would make my mind think a little bit. So, oh, that's interesting. That's weird. That's kind of cool. I don't need, and this shows how the oppressive white males are forcing AIDS upon the Oogaboogoo tribe in Africa. I don't care. This shows how a woman was was enslaved because of the may. I don't care. Is it a pretty picture or not? And it's kind of this, this, you know, history isn't enough. Art isn't enough. There has to be some kind of crusade, some kind of cause in addition to it. Like business schools, a long time ago, a long time ago, when I was in college, they didn't have this corporate social responsibility bullshit. They didn't have this ulterior. You know what the purpose of business was? To make a fucking profit and to deliver, deliver a good service uh, or product to its people, that to its clients. That's it. It was to make profit for the shareholders and the olders, uh, owners. And to live to deliver a good service or product to the customers, and to improve, to always to always be improving, so you make more money, better customer satisfaction. It's very simple, very win-win, very symbiotic relationship. Pretty much the day after I graduated, they started pushing through this corporate social responsibility, this diversity. You just can't let the studies be the studies. You just can't let these disciplines be their disciplines. Socialism and leftism, let's be very clear, because you ain't got no right-wing politics going into, uh, into the academia. They all, they've made it seem like you can't have a degree unless you have some kind of nonprofit charity work that's of a leftist stripe. I mean, again, I, I talked about it. What was it? Did I write a post? Or was I talking about it in the podcast? How now you can't just graduate with honors. If you want to be part of the honors program, you have to do like seven credits or seven things of which five are leftist political bullshit, diversity, uh, closing the wage gap, you know, environmentalism, whatever other bullshit. I want to tell these people, shut the fuck up with your politics. I didn't tune into the British History Podcast to hear once again how the gays and women are oppressed going all the way back to 100 BC. I got it. We got it. We got it every fucking day. We hear about it nonstop from the media and politicians and everywhere else in Hollywood. We don't need you podcasting fuckers to fucking give us a goddamn sermon. But then it's... 
again, they're not doing it consciously. That's the funny thing. It has been so ingrained in them that by the time they come out and they are putting together great work, they just think this is part of the deal. They, they do it unconsciously. Another bit of unconscious observation. The uh, This is actually a controversy. Hang on, let me see if I can't find it. Okay, here it is. Um, the gals were very upset um, about someone accused them, or maybe more than one person accused them, says, look, all you guys are doing, or not all, but you always talk about women in history. It's always women in history or a minority in history or some, you know, some leftist political bias. Oh, we got to show this person as a champion in history. So they went, they were upset and they went back and they did a, a total thing. And here's a, a chart. They said, men, women, ungendered. <clears throat> and so there was men in history, women in history, and uh, men have 45%, women had 21%, and ungendered is 34%. And I, I don't, I don't, doubt the numbers but what they they fail to realize is when it's you know let's just face it men did most of this shit in history and so most of the stuff i mean if you're going to do really cool stuff in history you're going to have the majority of it be men because i want to see okay they did most of the shit and we could go into the reasons why that is okay women were at home men uh have there are more men on the higher iq scale just as there's more men on the lower iq scale um, with education, there's, there's many real reasons why men made history. But the fact is men made history. And that's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear about the first woman on the moon. You want to know why? Because a man already did it. I want to hear about the first person did X, and I don't care whose gender that is. Or what's really kind of cool is, uh, what's her name? Like a Harriet Tubman <clears throat> or uh, Joan of Arc where it's like they completely blow away gender dynamics and they kick ass in one particular regard. Or they fake being a man or something like that. That's kind of cool. They had one, um, he's a gold miner, and everybody thought he was a guy until he died, and upon the autopsy, he was a woman. Now, that's pretty cool. But when we go into, like, the typical, uh, when they do Black History Month, they pull out... Uh, the most boring political people. All they are, are are activists or artists or writers. There's no like scientists or anything really cool. Or where they, they, they skew it so horribly like, yeah, this gal worked on this project and she was kind of a mathematician with this guy. Uh, and even though he did 90% of it, well, we're going we're gonna to claim that. I don't care about that. I don't care. And the bias, they don't, again, it's not conscious. It's not purposeful. But, you know, go to, go to Stuff You Missed in History podcast. Look through the articles, and you'll be able to pick them all. Like, <clears throat> that's politically biased. That's pol- not biased, but motivated. That was politically motivated. And it's not interesting. I mean, heck, I could go. Let's pull it up. Hang on here. Okay, so here we go. Let's just go to their RSS feed. Or let's go to the podcast. Usually they provide a little bit of a explanation. Mary... Alice Nelson, a.k.a. Molly Spotted Elk. Molly was born on the Indian island, Maine, and she turned to dance to help her family make ends meet. But because audiences and companies in the U.S. pushed her towards stereotypical depictions of Native Americans, she eventually took her dancing to France. Okay, there's a perfect example. Why is that fucking history? This is not interesting. This is, I got a twofer. They got women and minorities in on this one. Uh, live at the DMA, Pierre de... Huberton and the Modern Olympics. Okay, so this is somebody who started the Olympics, male or female. I'm not really excited. 
John Brown's raid on Harper's Ferry. Well, that's actually in the history books. That's nothing new. This was a good one. This was a good, good one. The Montgolfier brothers and their balloons. This was the first time men took to flight. And it's like, oh, okay, that's kind of neat. The London Match Girls Strike of 1888. This would be 50-50. This could be interesting. Um, but, you see, and that's the thing is their bias makes me biased. Now, I don't know. Is this going to be something very interesting? Or is this going to be a, well, women did it too, even though men did it a thousand years before. But look at it. I mean, is it really going to be worth my time to listen to this? Uh, the Preliminary Emancipation Proclamation with John B. King. All right. Oh, this was an interesting one. Thomas Day's request for the perfect wife. He took two young girls and raised them basically to be his wife as a very scientific experiment. The Boy Jones after Buckingham. The Boy Jones one, that's really interesting. That, that was kind of freaky and weird. Uh, the Anglo-Cherokee War, interesting. Okay, here's something interesting. All right, here's one that actually does not have the female bias. Uh, Anne Bonnie and Mary Reed. These were gals who became pirates. I forget which with which pirate. Bluebeard? I don't know. Uh, but that's one where it's like, okay, that's interesting. I can read it. But you, you'll go through it. And you'll find, you know, the Brackerel program for parts of the 20th century, the U.S. and Mexico had agreements in place allowing and even encouraging Mexican nationals. I don't care to hear a, a, an apologetics piece uh, for illegal aliens. Uh, Butter versus Margarine, that was a really good one. Singer, that was really interesting. Here, Desmond T. Doss. Doss was the first conscientious objector to be awarded the Medal of Honor. No, I don't care to hear leftist bullshit. I don't care. I don't care. U.S. Contraband Camps. I started listening to that one, but that was political as well. Unearth segments. Aviatrix Lillian Bland. I don't care. It's a, Look, a girl did something a guy did several years. I don't care. So even though they, you know, they can come up with all the charts and the data, if you take away the real history stuff and you say what remains of the majority of stuff that you could choose from, you see their bias. And I, I, again, it's not malicious. It's not intentional. But honest to God, it, it kind of ruins it. It really ruins it. Anyway, um, let's do some sponsors here, huh? We got uh, Pushing Rubber Downhill. You can find the blog, the podcast, and the book all by searching Pushing Rubber Downhill. Our good friend, Adam Piggott, you can find him by just searching that title. Uh, we have cindymoran.net. If you are looking for a pretty girl to model whatever, uh, go to cindymoran.net. She's out there. She's available, and she is a professional. She will get back to you, unlike the vast majority of pretty girls. Uh, Novsquam over at annsturzinger.com. Go to annsturzinger.com. Buy her book. It's depressing. It's sad. It's about a Gen X man raising a millennial boy, even though he got sperm jacked, and how he inevitably commits suicide, I think. I'm not sure. But it's great. It's it it's it's like the life of millions of young people never told because we don't want to tell people the truth about how pathetic their lives really are. Uh, and then we have my books, <clears throat> Bachelor Pad Economics. That's the young man's indispensable, well, young person's indispensable guide to choose. Or no, that's the wrong one. Sorry, Bachelor Pad Economics is the young man's financial advice bible for life. Women can read it too, but it's locker room talk. And so if uh, you're a little, if you if you're triggered. If you listen to Stuff You Missed in History podcast and you need to go to the safe room, it probably isn't for you. They talk about sex and how men like to have sex. And that's just too too triggering for some of our readers. But anyway, so Bachelor Pad Economics, you can find that online. 
Worthless, The Young Prince's Indispensable Guide to Choosing the Right Major. That's a great book uh, for those of you who are either starting college, you don't know what you want to major in, your freshmen or sophomores, or you have some dipshit kid or loved one in your life, and you're like, hey, moron, no, you're not going to go major in history because you can listen to all these other podcasts for free, get a ton more wisdom for free, I mean, zero cost, and you'll have the exact same employment prospects. But I want to become a podcaster. Well, then go read and then do your own podcast. I don't know why you have to. <laughs> it's great. God bless you guys, you history majors. You actually found some employment with uh, for your degree. It was the internet. Even though it was engineers and STEM people that made it possible for you to actually find employment. You can thank them later. But for, for the first time in forever, his, history majors actually have some form of employment. That's <laughs> anyway, uh, worthless... You can find that paperback, Kindle, and audio. Uh, Enjoy the Decline. That's uh, Living and Accepting with the Death of the United States. You guys can find that on Amazon as well. Curse of the High IQ. If you are... This one is basically... I mean, if if you're down and depressed, if you're kind of angry... I understand if you're angry with the politics of the world, but if your social life is not going as you thought it would, or you are really frustrated in traffic, or you really can't understand why it feels like you're going uphill through a marsh the entire time, get Curse of the High IQ. It is, uh, I would say that's a must. That's an absolute must for all of you out there. Uh, Available on Amazon.com. And uh, all those books, all those books are available in audiobook as well. Okay, so if you guys don't like reading or you like me, you don't have time to sit down and read. The only time I ever read is when I'm stuck in a plane and my battery's dead. Like that's, that's really the, I'd rather play solitaire than read. Um, but then my battery runs on and I'm like, oh, I better read. And so, uh, reading a book by Mitch Berg, uh, which I'll probably do a review on later, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I won't lie to you. I don't like reading. And, uh, if it's an audiobook format, that's what a true economist would quote read. That's how you would take it in. So audiobooks, I think that's the future. So I'm slowly getting all my books on audiobooks, at least the flagship ones, but, uh, curse of the high IQ, worthless, Bachelor Pad Economics, and then Reconnaissance Man. Those four are available in audiobooks. So you can go to audible.com or you just search them on Amazon. You'll find them there. Uh, soon to be coming up, though, on Audible will be Enjoy the Decline. That's not available there yet. Uh, and then The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty. That one's going to be coming up um, <clears throat> probably not not anytime soon. And the reason why is I just don't make that much money off of it. It really was more kind of like, a well, let's throw this one out there. Hopefully it's controversial enough. It would sell, but it just hasn't because, well, Marcus Brown is right. Black guys don't like to read. It's like, well, that's true. It's, <gasps> was that, bl- I'm sorry, did, we need to give a trigger warning. Truths are spoken here. But the black guys that do read it, they end up doing better than the average Joe. So God bless you. But anyway, that'll be, that'll probably be down the road. We'll, we'll inevitably get that in audiobook as well. Uh, then we have kind of the uh, miscellany of other publications that aren't flagship. We have Behind the Housing Crash. If you didn't know there was a housing crash, you want to find out what happened, there's the book. We have the Best of compilation of my blog, Captain Capitalism. You can find that on Amazon by getting Captain Capitalism Top Shelf and Captain Capitalism Reserve. That is the best of my blog posts. You could kind of read that at your leisure because they're posts. They're not a they're not a story or a script. It's, you can just read one or two, and then you, it's like your daily devotional. You have it there on the dinner table, and and now we're going to. You guys ever have that when you were kids? You're starving. Food's getting cold. No, no, we gotta read 
The Daily Devotional. No, we have to read, because the Bible passage wasn't enough. No, now we have to read another Bible passage and a short 10-minute sermon just, just long enough for your food to get cold. And then you're going to thank God for all this cold food because it was warm, but why did we even heat it up in the first place? Because we had to go through our daily devotional. God, I hate religion. Oh. oh, You can have that be one of your daily devotionals either when you wake up in the morning and you're in bed or you're about to go to bed. You can read it as a daily devotional. Just push the Bible off the bedstand, put my books there instead. And uh, it's much more practical, much more like, you'll go to hell. It's not as good for your soul. Are you dare saying you're smarter and better than Jesus? Yes. Yes, I am. The guy was a hippie. That's all he was. Hey, man, follow me and no, you have water into wine and things will happen and fish and bread. And I don't know, but saith the Lord, he's up in heaven. He's kind of my dad. Wait a minute, I don't, I, well, I don't know how it really works. Like, if I'm nailed to that plank of wood, man, then, like, all the bad things you've done go away. Did anyone ask the simple questions that we asked at, like, five, six, seven years old? How exactly does that work? One guy, that's a lot of sin. What about the Indians who didn't even know about this guy, or the Africans, or the Asians? I mean, that's a lot of people who, who didn't know Jesus and are going to hell for pretty innocent things. Like, if you had the internet, then everybody wouldn't have an excuse. You know, then everybody would know about Jesus. But what about these guys? We don't know. The Lord works in mysterious ways. Always wanted to punch somebody when they said that. Like, no, give me a fucking answer, you fucking hypocrite. Read the daily devotional. Believe everything I say. Don't ask questions. That's... And if you do, you're going to hell. It's... Try, I love it. I'll be go from, yeah, man, like love and everything, and like I'm G I'm the Lord's God's son. And, and if you don't believe me, you're going to hell. <laughs> oh, what else we got? Oh, and then Captain Capitalism Reserve, if you want to get the best of. You got that there. Then we also have Captain's Quarterly. Um, with, that is the quarterly backup of my blog's best posts. Instead of coming out with massive books that are sometimes 800 pages, we're going to be doing it quarterly. And uh, we are going to include a model with each issue, quarterly issue, of that uh, of that publication. And now the bottleneck is finding new models because we had one with Cindy Moran, but we need new ones. I should just go to freaking Fiverr like Bernard Chapin does and <clears throat> go and say, "Hey, I need nineteen twenty pictures." of you in various states of lingerie and bikinis and, and 1950s housewife stuff. Just go do it. Here's your hundred bucks. Send it to me. I just prefer to give the money to a hardworking entrepreneur and capitalist. That's all. Not like, tee hee, I have boobies. I'm on Fiverr. It's like, yeah, yeah, you sure are, kid. That's... Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Then Day by Day Cartoon by our good friend uh, Chris Muir. Uh, you could go daybydaycartoon.com. And go ahead and uh, get your daily dose of funny haha -ha from the political spectrum of the right. Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? Uh, from the world. Who, who told you? Who told you that the left was going to make inroads into corporate America? Who said through HR decades ago? Well, maybe not decades ago, but definitely 15 years ago that HR was. And then all oh, sure enough, corporate social responsibility this is a couple days old, but I want to talk about it. <clears throat> Salesforce.com plans to name its first chief equality officer. 
Uh, Salesforce is taking a bigger stand against inequality in the workplace. Next week, the business software company plans to announce a chief equality officer, said Salesforce. CEO Mark Benioff on Tuesday during the annual TechCrunch Disrupt Conference in San Francisco. Once again, uh, it's only by coincidence I've been writing about Silicon Valley. I, I forgot what, what originally had me go on, but this is coincidence. But but once again, we see that uh, Silicon Valley is a uh, hotbed of leftism. And you have very <laughs> – there's got to be so much, what is it, cognitive dissonance. You guys have got to be totally confused over there at Silicon Valley. We're supposed to make all this money, but money is bad and evil. We want efficiency, but we're going to hire people based on color of skin and not content of character? Vag, you're hired. Uh, Benioff did not discuss the specific duties of the chief, chief equality officer. Yeah, it's called marketing and to keep people off your ass. What, what duties? What do you do? You show up as the chief equality officer. Bitch and moan? Is that what it is? Oh, there sure is a lot of males and Asians around here. Oh, we don't have enough blacks and women and Hispanics. Oh, we better go find some. Is that it? Is that what this guy's paid? Lord knows what this guy's paid. Uh, the announcement comes after a lengthy discussion on workplace diversity and equality, a subject about which Benioff said he is passionate. Sure, sure you are. Yeah, you got shook down is what happened. And now you're, it's just it's just a payoff. It's not marketing. I wish it was marketing, but it's a payoff. It's a shakedown. It's it's to hire a bunch of untalented people who aren't white males. That's basically or white Asian or white Asian or Asian males. That's basically it. It is it is a shakedown to lower the standards for people who either didn't go into the fields that are required to make it over in, in Silicon Valley, or they didn't work hard enough. That's basically what it is. Uh, we have a broad set of programs to make sure that women not only have opportunities for growth, not only opportunities for career expansion, but are paid the same as men. Well, as they should be. I understand that. I don't think there's a company out there, because you're stupid if you are, that would say, oh, wait, wait, hold it. You you produce the same amount of stuff as the other guy? Oh, wait, you're a woman. We're going to pay you less. I don't think, no, you couldn't. I'm thinking about these, I have these different business ideas. I could not, because I know the people I'd hire, and a fair amount of them would be uh, minorities, specifically two friends of mine that I trust implicitly. Uh, they just happen to be black. It has nothing to do with their, but I couldn't, I couldn't have such a stupid policy they're the best. They're the ones who are most qualified for the position. Okay, okay, Clary, Clary, catch yourself. You're arguing logic when these people are nothing but thieves. Fuck you, assholes. You're just thieves. There we go. How's that? I'm just pointing it out. He added that both men and women have to stand up and say that they will fight for equality. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Benioff also detailed his recent public battles with politicians in Indiana and in Georgia who supported laws that human rights activists believed harmed the lesbian, gay, triad that community. The CEO threatened to move Salesforce's operations out of states considering so-called religious freedom laws that would effectively let businesses decline services to same-sex couples. Uh, well, then leave, because you're not making... That's the other thing. I looked this up. They haven't made a profit. <laughs> It's a hollow threat. See, if you're going to go bankrupt, there's, there's what long-term jobs are you going to provide? Uh, he said that certain politicians in those states have hate in their hearts. No, they have freedom in their hearts. Like, if I don't want to make a cake for a lesbian couple because I'm religious, that's I have every right, morally every right to, and they have every right to say, hey, we don't have to right to give, we don't have to give you our business either. But see, here, here he is. Benioff is just a coward and a pussy. He, he is a coward. He is, he is just virtue signaling. 
That's all he's doing so he doesn't get fined or have the feds up his ass. That's all he's doing. But, I mean, this guy isn't a real CEO. He's, he's running a sinking ship. He's the sales... Now, here's the next uh, news article. Meet Tony Profit, Salesforce Chief, Equal, Chief Equality Officer. So they hired a guy, and surprise, surprise, he's not white. He's a clean-cut, half-black, half-white man, I'm guessing. Uh, but listen to this guy's back. Now, hang on, we'll, we'll go into it a little bit more. We, I mean, did, did they hire an IT guru? Did they hire somebody who's good at... At you know programming, but the boot. Uh, Salesforce.com has named Tony Profit as his first chief equality officer to focus on initiatives to bring greater diversity to the business software company. Uh, Profit, a former Microsoft and Hewlett Packard executive, because I know I would jump ship from Microsoft to go work for a money losing operation shitbag firm like Salesforce.com. Right, that's what I would do. Will report directly to Salesforce chief executive officers Mark Benioff. You know. Tony, let's let's level. You know it's a racket as I know it's a racket. You got to take this Mark Douche for all the money in the world. You you totally you're the real CEO here, okay? You're the real one. Because here's the other thing. You do look like a manly man. You look like you actually hit the weight and then you're this Mark Benioff guy looks like a fucking putz, all right? So uh your natural alphaness or whatever. And you know deep down inside you're just you're just a charlatan. You know this. You could take this company for everything, dude. You could go and report and say, dude, this is horrible. This is bad. You're going to do it my way or the highway. Otherwise, I'm going to go right to the media and tell you you're a racist, sexist bastard. Well, yeah, say both. He could, he could totally become a billionaire overnight. And then, then, Tony, you'd never have to work a real job like you did maybe over at Microsoft ever again. The high-profile appointment. High-profile. Did you guys know about Tony Profit? Because I didn't know this guy existed until now. I didn't know it was high-profile. Reflects the growing emphasis Silicon Valley's technology companies are placing on addressing the lopsided demographics of the industry. So instead of going to schools and telling girls and minorities to major in STEM, which I've done, not going to schools, but I've done through my books and through my book, Black Man's Guide Up. I've done more to actually help minorities and women than this. You guys are just going to like force, like it's like, it's like price controls, right? You're just going to dictate what the price is. You're going to ignore the free market. You're going to underline the real underlying problems that causes these disparities. And instead of addressing those problems so you could actually have genuine accomplishment, you're basically going to lower everybody's performance and pay to the lowest common denominator. Is that it? Well, that's all. That's good. Nah. There's two ways to get equality, ladies and gentlemen. You raise everybody up to everybody else's standards or you lower everyone to everybody to the lowest common denominator. You choose. You choose. Because my way is better for everybody, and it's honest. It actually treats minority and women like like equals because that's what you do. This pampering and patting on the head and saying, oh, your feelings are hurt. Oh, yeah, it's not because you, like, fucking take uh, every third day off to help with your illegitimate bastard son. No, no, it's not that. Oh, no, it ain't, it ain't that you got a headache. Oh, no, it ain't that you majored in uh, women's studies, but we're going to give you a tech manager position anyway. Oh, no, it's because of the evil white boogeyman in Silicon Valley. <laughs> Let's go. Where is that? Profit, who sits on the board of Gannett, the parent company of USA Today. Oh, there's there's a big... Oh, this is USA Today. Oh, what a what a shock. Most recently served of Microsoft... Microsoft's corporate vice president of education marketing. Okay, so he didn't have, has this guy ever had a real job? No. I always walk into headquarters of companies all over the world and I always look at their values. Yeah, profit, you dipshit. 
good products, cheap prices, profit. That's it. That's what they want. Everyone knows at Ford that quality is job one. At Salesforce, equality is job one. Perfect. You just laid... Okay. All right. There you go. There you go. You just told, you just told the market, we don't care about profits. We don't care about ec uh, 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 excellence. We don't care about achievement. We care about everything having equal outcomes. Not fairness, equal outcomes. Well, that's communism. I don't think... I have a feeling. See, this is what's great. They're going to hire all the wrong people because vagina, because pigmentation in the skin color. And these people who are hired not for their character, but for the color of their skin, are going to drive this company. down. They're not going to be as efficient. The company is already losing money. They already have an inept CEO. And now you have this political charlatan coming in. Who I can't blame him. I mean, I would, if I was black, I'd be take, I'd be running the, the, the shakedown market like Jesse Jackson does all that. I, why, why work a real job? Uh, but in the end, when we're coming to the real world, uh, your profits are going to suffer. You're not going to be as efficient. You're not going to be as profitable. And then the company's going to go bankrupt because inevitably they're going to stop bailing out the company. Your shareholders are going to say, I'm not buying this. I'm not, I'm not giving you another infusion of capital. And then everybody's going to get laid off. Everybody. And, and, and when a company goes bankrupt, it's not discriminatory. It's very, very not racist and not sexist. Everyone gets fucked. Uh, that's why you need a senior executive running this mission. Profit, a prominent African-American tech executive. You are not a tech executive. You're not. You are not. You are a marketer. You are not STEM. Please stop trying to get into STEM. You're not STEM. You majored in a worthless degree. I'm betting. We'll have to look up his, his profile later. But I'm betting you didn't do STEM. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in this racket. Wait, let me guess. You're like, you're like, uh, uh, the two dipshits who claim to speak for all minorities. Um, Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. You're a reverend? Is that it? You're a reverend some fu from fucking no-name seminary? I doubt that. This guy looks too poshed. He looks he looks too uh, too professional. He has some real legitimate education in there somewhere. Uh, he was the co-executive sponsor of Blacks at Microsoft and founding executive of Blacklight, an organization for black marketers at Microsoft. All right, so not STEM people marketers you know they make fun of marketing over in, in dilbert you know they have dolphin they don't really do real jobs shame mark has firmly planted a flag that a corporation can be a force for good in society because that's why investors raised the money and gave it to you is to be a force for good in society yep that's when i invest in a company i first ask hey are they going to be a force for good in society and now he's extending that by creating the smart platform for driving not just inclusion and diversity but driving equality uh, Profit told USA Today. Profit pledged that racial diversity would be a heightened priority at Salesforce.com, which came out of that. Ba, 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 ba. All right, let's look up this guy. Tony Profit. Tony Profit. LinkedIn. I want to know what his degree is. Oh, it's not. What? His site ain't up. I bet you everybody's looking it up. Uh, Tony A. Profit. Is this Bloomberg? Okay. Uh, is this the guy? So, da, da, da. Logistics, supply chain, Hewlett Packard. I don't know. Is this the guy? Hang on. 
Mr. Profit. Gannett Company, maybe this is the guy. Read full background. Well, you've worked at a lot of the Fortune 500, Fortune 50 companies. There's no education data available. That's what I want to know. Was he hired just because he's black? Made it all over the place? 57, salary and bonus. I can get his salary, but I can't get his degree. Okay, Microsoft. All right, this is the guy. Supply chain is extensive leadership. Sir, director. Ba, 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 ba. All right, he's he's got some real private sector experience. Who knows? Maybe the guy just retired. He's got more money than God probably right now. Looks like towards the end. I just want to know: Did he have a real degree? That's all I want to know. Oh, for crying out loud. All right, maybe I can't. Da, 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 responsible. Yeah, I'm not going to find it. By this time, his degree doesn't matter. He's got enough experience in the real world. But do it, man. Absolutely do it. I would I would milk this uh, corporate social responsibility fuck whitey uh, game as much as you can. Absolutely. I mean, like I said before, if I lose out on asshole consulting or if this, this goes away, I'm going to be a liar. I'm going to be a cheat and a scoundrel. I understand. I understand you, Tony. Tony. Maybe we should talk to you like that. You're like the mafia, the shakedown mafia. Yeah, you and uh, Jackson and uh, Reverend Al. What would the mafioso names be? Tony the takedown. Takedown Tony. Jerk off Jackson. Uh, Shank you Sharpton. Is that is that what it is? Ah, you go, go make your money. You guys are rich. You're richer than anyone you ever claimed to help. What else we got here? Uh, additional sponsors. Uh, easemoblogging.com slash captain. Uh, you can go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com and then click on the easemoblogging banner. That'll let them know you came from me. And if uh, you go there, that the reason you go there is because you want to set up a blog yourself, but you don't want to have to answer to or subscribe to the community guidelines that comes with most blogging platforms such as Blogspot. Or WordPress. You just simply go to easymodeblogging.com. Have our good friend Pete take care of you. He will set you up with your own personal URL. He will program the blog for you. And then for a monthly fee, I think it's like four or five bucks. Uh, that's it. You're done. Bada boom, bada bing, you're done. He also does web, uh, web design, web programming. So if you are looking for some kind of uh, website and you need somebody to program it, go talk to our buddy Pedro. Go to easymodeblogging.com slash captain. Uh, if you'd like to advertise on this podcast, it's a hundred bucks a month. I get about 3000 listeners weekly, depending on the RSS feed calculation and all that, but it's not just the podcast. You get a banner ad on the blog. You get me to do a Cappy whoring for Cappy the whore for, I will do a personal video for you on the YouTube channel. I'm actually thinking about just interviewing the sponsors because I'm finding one that personalizes you a bit more. Two, I don't really know your product unless you send it to me and I really use it, so I'd, I'd rather have you guys talk. And three, I don't like just, hey, buy this product because reasons, you know? I mean, if you're actually there, say, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur, tell a story. It's also a little bit more entertaining. Um, so, uh, yeah, so you get the whole, the radio, the newsprint, and the, the television, except the modern-day incarnations of, you get the blog, the podcast, and the YouTube, $100 a month, 
No minimum thing. I don't do that. I hate it when they do that. Oh, well, you got to go with a minimum. It's like, no, no, I don't. I'm not going to commit to three months or six months of advertising with you if I don't even know the first month's going to be profitable. All right? So with me, we do one month. If it's profitable, you want to renew, cool. If you don't, dude, don't worry. I myself actually spend money on advertising. I know how it goes, and I'm very stingy with my marketing. But marketing has to pay off. It has to pay off. It's not an expense. It should be an investment. It should have a high return on investment. It should double your rate of return. But people in marketing, well, they just want your money. See, you know, Tony Profit, he's in marketing. Well, if you give us 9000 and you only get 8000 back, well, that's good. That's like an 89%. See, 89%, that's a solid B+. And it's helping with diversity, and that's more important than profit. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Fucking idiots. All of you at Silicon Valley, geniuses in one regards, fucking sheep in another. Uh, so yeah, anyway, yeah, if you want to advertise on the Hate-Filled Podcast, you can. Just uh, send me an email. Go to my blog, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com, and uh, let me know. We, uh, I like to think that I get a high rate of return for my sponsors. At least I limit your losses. Let's put it that way. I'll limit your losses. Uh, if you have the need for a CPA or some kind of accounting, even some kind of financial planning or advice, go to elkinscpa.com, where our good friend Chad Elkins of Chicago fame will uh, be your accountant for an egregious fee. Just like me at Asshole Consult, he charges an egregious fee. How much? My God, that's egregious. Yes, but it is worth every... Actually, he doesn't charge you an egregious fee. He actually is quite fairly priced for CPAs. I won't lie to you about that. So if you'd like to help a fellow red pillar out in his entrepreneurial endeavors, and you just happen to have the need for an accountant, please consider visiting elkinscpa.com and visiting our good friend Chad. Uh, if you'd like the podcast archive, because you may go on the SoundCloud and say, hey, where's episodes 1 through 119? Uh, they've been archived because I switched over from Podomatic to SoundCloud because SoundCloud is that much better. Uh, and if you'd like those archive files, there I have them on the thumb drive. It's 30 bucks that cost the covers the cost of the thumb drive, my time, and postage. I'm not trying to screw you over. I just don't. Some people keep asking. Beforehand, I thought, oh, that went the way of the dinosaur. Then people have been asking. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll make some profit on it. I barely make beer money on it. But uh, if you'd like to, I could give you several hours, many hours of the old captain cursing and swearing. Uh, then we have the 405media.com. If you are looking for other podcasts, go visit the 405media.com uh, where our good friend John Grant has his own basically podcast radio station going on over there. And the world of Lori Zook, Z-O-O-C-K, uh, she uh, hasn't been starting out. She's been on radio and all that for decades, um, but a nice lady. I always like helping out our fellow entrepreneurs, uh, like Davis Aridi, Chris Breckloff, uh, but uh, Lori Zook, she's starting up. Uh, she's switching from radio to podcasting, and so she has um, a very nice variety show. If you're sick of politics and you want to break from it, go with Lori Zook. Uh, then we have Glorious Carl at commieobama.com, Glorious Carl at GloriousHat.com. Both sites work where you could buy your glorious hat made with real fake dead anal. Going to visit Glorious Carl in Ohio here relatively soon. God almighty, look at that. We're going to go down at the end of the month. It's the 21st already. Jesus Christ. I just got back from Seattle. Came back early. I was supposed to come back today. And it was the traffic. The traffic drove me out of it. I was like, um, I did my hike. I went to Stewart Lake. I, I went to uh, Wallace Falls. 
And I drop the girlfriend off. We do that thing where I'll come in three days early, leave three days late, and she'll come in for the weekend. It splits it up nice. I always get guff. Everyone's like, oh my God, you just leave her? And to that, I say two things. No, one, no, I don't just leave her. We fly her out. And then we hang out for the weekend. You know, she's the real adult. She's got the real job. And two, no, I'm going to be a fucking beta bitch boy and sit here and twiddle my fucking thumbs when I could I could capitalize on this great life. Yeah, though, I have, I have all the benefits of self-employment and location-independent employment, but I'm not going to avail myself of any of the opportunities. No, why the fuck would I live the unique life that very, very, very few people have ever... Why would I ever capitalize on my hard work, my risk-taking, and entrepreneurship? No, I'm going to sit here and twiddle my fucking thumbs in Minnesota while the leaves fall. Just the brainwashing people have. Just just how they... they the, the, what they're programmed, unconsciously programmed to think and do. And then when they see something, somebody do something, they're like, oh my God, you're raping kittens? It's like, no. <laughs> you're compelled. You're practically compelled to take advantage of this stuff. How do you think it be, this becomes a thing? You don't just sit there doing the same stuff day in, day out. You don't just like go on the commute. You take different risks. You do, it's not even a risk sometimes. It's just trying something different. I'll try, I'll try the blueberry muffin this time. Oh my God, brilliant uh, entrepreneurial idea that makes me billions of dollars. You mean you don't sit at home like a kept dog waiting for your girlfriend to come back? You mean you have all this time and freedom and you, and, and you choose to use it? <laughs> anyway, so I dropped her off at the airport. And Seattle traffic is so bad it was a deterrent. I'm like, the place I was staying was on the north side. SeaTac, the airport, is on the south side. And it's a two-hour drive to get back because it was rush hour. And I'm just sitting there like, I don't want to drive all the way back to the north side. I don't want to deal with traffic. I'm physically exhausted. Did about a nine-and-a-half-hour hike up in, into a mountain. They said it was 2,000-foot elevation gain, but... The satellite said it was four. I'm like, that can't be right. Anyway. And I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm going to go home. I'm, I'm totally going to go home. And so I, I called the the uh, flight, the Sun Country. And I said, hey, can I get a flight now? And I had, as I had told you guys before, uh, I had first class. One of the, the first time I've ever bought it. I've been upgraded to first class before for free. Uh, but I, I say, okay, I'm going to live large this one time. And that's the last time I fly first class. Totally overrated. First class is totally overrated, especially if you're a short person. Because the only real reason you get first class, they, they, I can understand, it's a kind of an interesting observation with, with flight. I go, I get an airplane because I want to get a place fast. I don't want to, I don't want to drive through Nebraska, Okay. So I'm pretty cool and kosher with, you're going to get me there in what, three hours? It would take me, what, two days to get there otherwise? Sounds like a deal to me. So especially when I could see maybe an international flight, you maybe want more legroom. But if you're a short guy or a short gal, you don't need first class because all they do is they pamper the hell out of you to the point it's annoying. Now, what I have noticed, especially with Americans of all political stripes, especially my right-leaning friends because those are the only people I really talk to or tolerate, is that you guys are all spoiled. Americans are so spoiled when it comes to flight. I'm still excited that I can afford a flight. You know, like I get to go someplace and get there very quickly. 
And I'm like, this is great. This is wonderful. I still think flight, even in coach, is a luxury uh, purchase. It's a luxury good. But then people are complaining. Like Sun Country is my favorite. Not Sun Country. Sun Country is all right. I don't have, I have nothing wrong with the airline. But my favorite is Spirit. Because Spirit is dirt cheap like any other plane. It hasn't crashed yet. And that's my only requirement of an airplane. Uh, and it, it's dirt cheap because they basically say, look, they're smart. They're like me. This is how I'd run an airplane or airline. You're not getting shit on this plane. You're getting jack fucking shit. We are fu- we are providing transportation and that is it. And you get one fucking bag and it better fit in here. And that way we keep our costs down, our fuel costs down, our efficiency is up. We pack it in, we ship it out, we have less delays, bada boom, bada bing. It's a very ADD, HDD, HDD, HDHD type of airline. Like, get the fuck on the plane. No, you can't have any fucking cookies. No, you're not going to have a fucking water. And we're going to fly it away to fight. And then you're going to off our fucking plane so we get more fucking assholes on it. They're very hate-filled, and I like that. I like that. I'm on, t- I'm on board with Spirit Airlines. So I always pack, pack very light. I got a system. I got a system. I got my little puny laptop. I got my my um, my electronics in one one compartment of my backpack. I put I wear my running shoes, right? And if I'm going south, I hook my sandals on the outside of the backpack because there's no room. Because then I stuff it full of socks and 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 a box of shorts. And there's another compartment for my my toiletries, and that's it. Little school backpack. That's all you need. That's what I took to Europe. I t- I spent two weeks in Europe with this little backpack. And uh, and that's all I want, because I'm happy then. That's fine. I'm landing in three hours? Fine. Is there a toilet? Good. Maybe I'll use it, maybe I won't. Depends how I feel. But you think, I mean, really, you, they cannot sit. The people I know, the people I've talked to on airlines, they think spirit is like flying Auschwitz air. Like, oh my God, it's horrible. You know, you have to pay for extra bags. I'm like, they're upfront about that. They tell you that. You know that you got to buy a soda? Yeah, they told you they're not going to get... And can't you last two hours without a soda? Can you... I mean, really, you're going on an airplane, you're flying thousands of miles in the matter of hours, and you're bitching and whining because they don't give you a little snack or a shitty bag of pretzels? I'm like, shit, dude, I got this flight for 120 bucks round trip. <laughs> I'm going to Florida, $60 one way, 60 I'd spend more on gas in a car. I don't even think my motorcycle's that fuel efficient. I sit in this somewhat cramped chair, but that's all right. I'm only 5'9". Screw you, tall people. I'm sure people get our comeuppance now. We, I sit there. It's comfy. Maybe I spend the three bucks on a soda. I usually don't. I don't care. And then two hours, three hours later, maybe at most four, maybe at most, boom, you're at your destination. And people have the gall to complain because they went without a soda for two hours. I mean, I remember when a soda was a treat, especially if you got your own whole can. I remember that didn't happen until my mom married my stepdad. We had real money. Like, you know, we had our own whole can of Pepsi. (laughs) And it wasn't jolly good. It wasn't the Rowdy's knockoff version. It was the real fucking deal, man. We had a real can of Pepsi. All to ourselves. Didn't have to share. And... And these people today, you know, that was a treat back then. And these people today, they bitch and whine about a bag of what? There's no snack? What about the snack? I'll go, oh my gosh, Spirit Airlines, they don't have a snack. And so I, I don't know what I was expecting. The last time I flew first class was when I was upgraded for free. And I think the only thing I remember well, was the, the flight was pretty much empty. It was me and like three other people. I was like, well, that's weird. 
And um, and I got all the booze I could drink. And I'm like, okay, that that's 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 the upsell. Aside from that, I, I when I when I flew out to Seattle, there was no. Uh, I'm like, okay, I get a sandwich. It is an average sandwich, better than the snack that I would get. Okay, I get free food and booze. I saved the pocketed the booze for my girlfriend. <clears throat> uh, but otherwise, you get a little bit more leg room, and that's it. A little more elbow room, a little more right leg room. If you're not a spoiled American cunt, what you fucking need your snacks. I need my snack. I'm going to be in the air for an hour and a half. I can't sit still. Shit, I've been to some sermons longer than that. I mean, if you can't sit through a, a standard Catholic mass without a snack, you're one of these people who can't have. If you can't handle that, then then then, then yeah, get, upgrade to first class because then they'll give it everything to you. For me, it was almost annoying because I, you know, I get on first class, I sit down, and if I'm in coach, unless they want to sell you something, that the the stewardesses leave you alone. Flight attendant, fuck you. So, uh, but in first class, oh, they're constantly doting on you. To a level I don't like. Like, I, I sit down and I'm listening to my podcast. I was listening to Bill Burr. I just want to listen to the Bill Burr podcast. He was on fire. It was funny. Every five minutes, I'm tapped on the shoulder. What? What do you want? There was actually was a babe. It was a hot blondie. Pretty to look at. But I, I, I like first couple times, I'm like, yes, is there something wrong? Thinking like I'm in the wrong seat. This type of thing. And she's like, uh, oh, sir, would you like uh, something to drink? I'm like, uh, yeah, just a Diet Coke please. Okay. And then she comes back, taps me on the shoulder. I'm like, yeah. Oh, here's your Diet Coke. All right. Thank you. Okay. Diet Coke. 10 minutes later, taps me on the shoulder. Would you like a snack? It's like, fuck woman, leave me alone. I just want to listen to Bill Burr. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, fine. Fine. Give me a snack. Fine. I don't, okay. Do you want cheese and crackers or would you like grapes? Uh, uh, the grapes would be fine. Grapes are okay. Put my headphones back on. She comes in the grape. I see. Okay. Thank you very much. Then what do you want to eat for the main meal? Uh, what are my options? And actually, I will admit this. It was a really good meal. They had a steak medallions or something. It was good. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. All right, so I had the steak medallions. Uh, and then I'm, I'm trying to read Mitch Berg's book. So I'm reading. I'm obviously occupied. And then also I'm tapped on the shoulder again and shoved right in front of my face with tongs as a hot towel. And I'm kind of looking at it like, is that a hot towel? And I grab it. It's a hot towel. And then she just smiles and drops it in my hand. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. I rub my hands with the hot. I'm like, who? What? What? What additional infrastructure has to go into this plane? This is why you pay for first class. This is why you pay an arm and a leg for unnecessary bullshit you don't need. What do I need a hot towel for? Now we gotta have to apply heat to the hot towel. That's gonna drain the batteries. Right now we got to worry about a whole new electrical thing. Where do we store the towels? Where do we store the tongs for the towels? How many people really want the warm towel? The last time I had a warm towel was when I was getting a, 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 my, my beard trimmed over at Jaime's Haberdashery. And that was a luxury. But here she is. Hello, sir. It's just like, just leave me alone. Let me be. I have my leg room. That's really the only advantage. I stopped drinking. I think I'm on... Yeah, day 45, day 46 or something. I don't, there's no reason, there's just no reason. If you're tall, you're fat, fine. I can understand why you'd want to get first class. But if you're, if you're one of us, and let's just say you like me, first class was like a dream. It was something you saw in a museum or, or behind glass. You were never going to experience it. It's totally overrated. Totally overrated. Especially if you're flying 
within the United States and you're not going from coast to coast. If your flight is three hours or under, you know what? Stand up, stretch, take a pee. There's no reason to get first class. None. And if you're hungry, bring a fucking sandwich. These people, oh my God, they complain. They complain about Sun Country and Spirit, these cheap airlines. Frontier, I flew to, to Colorado and back on 50 bucks. And you had to pay for it. I didn't care. I was like, this is 50 bucks. This is better than getting a blowjob. It really was. If you said, Aaron, we'd give you a blowjob from an amazing blowjob artist. Or would you rather have a round trip flight for 50 bucks to Denver and back? I'd be like, the Jew quarter blood in me would be like, yes, hell yes, the $50 round trip flight. That is, I get way more utility out of that. I would prefer that. Oh my God, they make us pay for our Coke. They make us pay for, for pretzels and nuts. Oh my God. <laughs> You're going 600 miles an hour for, 50, for 25 bucks one way. Ah. Where was it? Oh, so I got back. I, I got my flight. I had to go from first class down to coach to go on standby. And, and I'm like, fine, fine. I even paid the extra 50 bucks. Fine. De demote me from, from first class because I don't need it. I don't need to be harassed and harangued the entire time with, with wet towels. Uh, just, just put me in coach. That's fine. I will read my book. I am short. It's very comfortable. It's like a wiener dog in a little cage. He's perfectly happy. He doesn't need a huge doghouse. He's perfectly fine. And I caught it. I made it. And then I got back. And uh, now we're here. I don't know where the hell I am on the sponsor list. <clears throat> Was it Glorious Carl? Kami Obama? Did we do all that? Did we do everything? Oh, oh that's right. So I'm going to go visit Glorious Carl. That's where I was going with this whole story. Going to go visit Glorious Carl. I just got back. Two days ago, and now I gotta go drive again. It's the 29th. I got eight days, and I'm gonna visit some people in Chicago. I'm gonna visit those guys in Chicago. Benny Fitz, good old Marcus Brown. You gotta pick on Mark. You can't go through Chicago without picking up Marcus Brown. Although we are gonna visit his mom. That's one thing I have set mission. I am gonna visit his mother, Mrs. Brown. I don't know if it was really her name, but we're just gonna call her Mrs. Brown because that's what you do. And uh, she seems very motherly, you know, and like, oh, I wish I could meet like a June Cleaver type mother. I'm like, oh, hi, Mrs. Brown. I'm informed that if I meet her, she tells every boy that a friend of Marcus's, you're like, okay, here's the garbage ticket. Like she starts assigning you chores. <laughs> here's a vacuum. Start back. You know what? I will. I will do chores for Mrs. Brown. I'm like, all right. Yes, Mrs. Brown. She just seems very motherly. I like there's, there's a few. That's a rare quality nowadays. So we maybe go visit her. So I got to visit all these people on the way down. I told Glorious Carl I might stop down a little bit early. Uh, and then we got fans in Kentucky. And then I'm doing this sweep uh, down to Charlotte, down to Raleigh. And then I'm going to come up and visit uh, the major. Uh, he's an economist over some federal agency. I forget which. In D.C. First time I'm going to be in D.C. Never had any desire to go to D.C. Still don't. The only reason I'm going is to go visit Major. Oh, and Professor Steve. we got to visit Professor Steve and some other people. In the way. Might visit the Beckloff Inn if his old man... Hey, Chris, let me know if your old man let me crash you with you guys this time. Seeing I didn't set, house to the fire, uh, set fire to the house the last time I was there and didn't murder anybody. Can I crash on the couch? Because you're actually strategically located between D.C. and where I got to go. Um... 
And then, yeah, but there's no time. I just barely had any time. Came up with a new business idea I'm going to pursue. <sighs> Only eight days until until at minimum I have to leave. I have to be down there in eight days. God damn it. All right. Anyway, so if you want to go get a glorious hat, go to GloriousHat.com. Help Glorious Carl. Actually, if you could all buy a ton of hats from Glorious Carl, um, so he's got a lot of money, then he can bet it on the poker game we're going to have, and I could take that money from him. It'd be great if I could get Glorious Carl's money. So go buy Glorious Hat at GloriousHat.com. So Glorious Carl has money that I can uh, steal from him. Uh, AssholeConsulting.com. If uh, you need specific advice from the old captain and you want to be truthful but private, or perhaps public if you want to be put on the YouTube, uh, you can go to AssholeConsulting.com and contact me. Send me your problems. Send me your money. Kind of like send me your poor, send me your weak. Yeah, don't send me your poor, don't send me your weak. Send me your problems, but then also immediately send me your money. Follow the instructions, you millennial fucking cunts. Okay, I don't know what the hell happened this past week, but I had like, like, oh, I more than ten. I must have had twenty requests come in, and then only three people actually paid. And you could all tell, like, oh, I'm seventeen, I'm eighteen. I mean, do you really think? Yeah, I'm not. I'm just gonna give you the advice for free. Did you not read the instructions that this is a paid cost service? Honest to God. They really do think that they're the only ones that exist. They don't, they don't view other humans as other humans. They, they must view them as part of a video game that, oh, no, no, they'll let me have it for free. Oh, no, 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 mom and dad will give me food for free. They always threaten to kick me out of the house. or They never do. This is the consequence. I get to deal with the, the, the byproduct of young, uh, uh, young uh, baby boomers and older Gen Xers. They kill their children now. Good Lord. Anyway, go to assholeconsulting.com if you have any questions. I can help you out. It doesn't have to be life. It could be finances and stuff like that. Uh, if none of these sponsors, none of these people um, interest you, not that you hate them or anything like that, but you just have no use for the products or wares, consider going and using my Amazon affiliate program if you do any of your shopping online through Amazon. All you have to do is go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com, look for the Amazon banner, click on it, and that takes you to Amazon. But there's a little bit of code now attached to the URL, and Amazon knows, okay, any purchases that you made, we're going to compensate Cappy 7%. So it doesn't cost you any more. All you have to do is develop the good habit of bookmarking it and using the bookmark. That's basically it. If you bookmark the site, or if you go into the habit of going to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com first, clicking on the banner there, that also will do it. So everyone does their online shopping. All I ask is you do it through me. That helps, keeps the lights on and more. And uh, basically, what's his name? Chris Cantwell put it very clearly. Yeah, there's no there's no going back to a real world and a real job like that. After you go off this cliff, it's over. No one will hire you ever again. I'm, I am unemployable. So if you like the old captain to, to basically say what you can't because you have a real job, because you are a real adult, you are a real contributor to society, uh, but you need someone else to speak for you, please clandestinely do your shopping through my Amazon affiliate program. That's that's the best way to compensate. It's not charity. I don't like charity. I'll take it, but I don't like charity. Uh, it's a win-win-win for everybody. Academiccomposition.com. If you are looking for somebody to write your worthless liberal arts papers that they're going to force you to write that will give you absolutely nothing in terms of real-world education, go to academiccomposition.com. And have Alex and his crackpot team of writers uh, write for you, write your papers for you. Also, if you are looking for some kind of employment and you're decent at writing, 
please consider becoming a writer for academiccomposition.com. The pay is good. I think it's per page. So if you're efficient and you can churn out bullshit, uh, you can make pretty good money. Some people make, you know, about 30 bucks an hour. It's rare, but but it's possible. Point is, um, you can have a job working in, independently, location independent, and you don't have to worry about food. So go to academiccomposition.com, contact Alex. He's hiring writers and he's hiring marketers. Perhaps Tony Profit could go and work for this guy. Perhaps Tony can shake down academiccomposition.com. You don't have enough minorities here. Hire me and pay me gobs of money for me to say you hate white or black people and minorities and women. I'll call you massages to your face. Regardless, let Alex know that I sent you. Hang on, that gave me another idea. I'm writing it down. Hang on. Awesome. God, another idea where I can screw people over. Just came up. I am, I am, I almost hope I lose all this because then I can really pursue some crazy ideas. But one in the hand is better than two in the bush, Clary. Where are we? Academic. Oh, and I'm sorry. One other thing about academiccomposition.com. They do resumes for 100 bucks. So if you are like me and you have no idea about resumes or what to tell the HR bitches what they want to hear. Uh, go uh, hire academiccomposition.com to put together a piece of propaganda for you. for Because that's all a resume is. That's all it is. Uh, Do the Pil- Philippines by Matt Forney. Matt Forney's kicking ass. Um, whatever you may think of Matt, he is out there uh, pounding the pavement, doing his shit. I think his, his Twitter account went up to 9,000. Uh, congratulations, Matt. Matt is becoming a uh, uh, seasoned, a veteran, a mature... Uh, blogcast, podcaster, author guy. And so if you'd like to buy one of his books, you go to mattforney.com. And the book he is promoting is Do the Philippines. He has others. Uh, you can find that at mattforney.com. But then he also has a podcast and a YouTube and all that other stuff. So if uh, you want to check that out, go to mattforney.com, see what Matt has going on there. If you're looking for someone, if you're an author or looking for any kind of, uh, or looking for someone to do some voice work for you, may I recommend Jim Fear. JimFear138.blogspot.com. You can go talk to Jim Fear at JimFear138.blogspot.com. He will go ahead and do some work for you. Also, our good friend uh, Undertow at UndertowAudio.com. Those two uh, websites, if you're looking for people, um, I think they're both very busy. It's always good to have more than one because that's capitalism and competition. <laughs> Plus, I think they are that busy. But if you're looking for uh, um, audio work, they've both done work for me. They, do, they both do great jobs. Uh, so please consider helping out these fellow right-wing, evil, capitalist, libertarian, white men. Well, wait, I don't even know if Jim is white. I'm just going to assume. Let's just say he is, so that makes it even more racist. Yes, evil, right-wing, white, whitey-white, McWhitey-whites, males with penises. Go and give your money over there uh, to help... Uh, Help uh, further the patriarchy and keep the money within. Uh, then we have uh, Max's ultimate reading list, the ultimate reading list for conservative libertarians and people who are just aren't leftists. Basically, if you have an IQ above 10, uh, these books are for you. You could go to Instagram.com slash ultimate reading list. Uh, you go ahead, just let Max know that uh, I sent you if you buy any of his books. Also, uh, Max does advertising for any author. So if you want to have your book listed, on the ultimate reading list. I do. I have my books listed there. It's 100 bucks a month. It's a good deal. He's got enough. Reach 30,000 
viewers, which I don't know how the Instagram works, but it does. Uh, so I've advertised there. Adam Piggott has advertised his book, Pushing Rubber Downhill. I think Davis Rini might go there. But um, yeah, that is definitely a guy I strongly recommend because he's cost effective. So go to Instagram.com slash Ultimate Reading List. Contact Max. Let him know that the captain sent you. Uh, then he's got another site. He hasn't sent me any images or anything like that, but um, let me find it and plug it here. Okay, here's the other one. Uh, goldmetalbox.com. That's another one uh, that... Uh, oh, who was it? I'm losing all losing track of... I'm so successful, ladies and gentlemen. Max, there it is, Max. Uh, that's another site Max has going on. It looks like uh, uh, the easier way to never shop for sportswear again. It looks like uh, an active man sportswear uh, website. So, uh, what is it? For only $29.99 a, no, uh, a month, uh, based on your physical preferences and interests, we'll send you two to three pieces of personalized activewear every month. All right. So this is like a subscription, uh, thing. And, um, when you wear these clothes, you turn out to be a very good looking male model. <laughs> Apparently that's what happens. Oh, you'll start to look like these chiseled guys with blonde hair and blue eyes. Hey, are you sick of your shitty brown eyes like Aaron? Hey, they get a blonde-haired, blue-eyed motherfucking outfit like this. Look at this guy. He's got nicer hair than you and bigger... Pa Every guy here is superior. Oh, here's the black guy. All right, we had the one black guy. Yeah, he can outrun you. They're all in better shape than us. Basically, if you want to look like these guys on this website, buying these clothes will help. You will, you will just be amazingly good-looking at goldmetalbox.com. So I'll have Max send me the more official uh, script. I'm just kind of reading through it as it, as I see it right now. Uh, then we have Uncle Nick by Frank Servi. You can find Uncle Nick, which is basically the real man's reincarnation or incarnation of uh, the Red Pill Man. Uncle Nick, 30-something man over in California, and he just lives life like bad Santa. Uh, it's a book. It's a work of fiction. You can find it on Amazon.com, but it will make you laugh. And it would be what would happen if a guy had zero fucks to give and uh, just lived in California and told people to fuck off. It's great. He uh, he has dinner table conversations that are not not acceptable, but in the end he's always right. So that's Uncle Nick. You can find that available at Amazon.com. Uh, Johnny Montoya Cigars, new sponsor, and I'm going to read what he wrote. Uh, and I really am going to start having people come in to interview and do their own ads because I understand <clears throat> it's kind of like Seth Himes. You know, Seth Himes. He had, well, we might as well plug him now while we're at it. Uh, where did he go? Yeah, indemandcareers.com. Uh, uh, like Seth, he's got that program that'll teach you how to become uh, uh, digital marketing. So you don't have to go to college. You can learn all this stuff. He even has, he sent me an email. I got to find that. He's got some client, some contractor, some recruiter in California. Actually, do do this. Go to indemandcareers.com. Look at his classes. See if you want to sign up for it. It's dirt cheap. Uh, and it'll give you the skills, and it sounds like he has demand on the other side, so I may be able to set you up with an interview. Can't guarantee you a job, of course, but go do that. Talk to Seth, indemandcareers.com. Let him know that the old captain sent you. Uh, so there's that. Anyway, new sponsor, uh, Johnny Montoya's Guitars. I'll just read what he wrote so I don't mess up anything. If you're a beginner on the guitar and struggling to make it through a whole song, if you're fumbling about around the fretboard in frustration, just about ready to quit, play songs correctly on guitar will teach you, one, how to play chords the right way, two, how to make smooth chord changes, and three, how to break, break down a song into manageable parts. Play songs correctly on guitar is an in-depth tuition of six songs. Each song will be broken down, and you'll see how each technical skill leads to the next. 
You'll be taught not only what to practice, but how to practice. Just follow exactly what you see in the videos and you can't go wrong. This is an intense and thorough course, so if you're ready to knuckle down and put in the work, you'll be rewarded with the skills that will allow you to go on to learn countless more songs with confidence and make women's underwear area wet. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He make women wet. I should put that in there. And make women wet. And make women wet. Oh my gosh, that's so crap. Shut up. It's the Curse Full Podcast. I'm in that mood. Play songs correctly on guitar by Johnny Montoya. You could go to Johnny Montoya guitarcourses.com or just go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com look for the banner there um, and then uh, yeah just click around on that as well then we also had I want to recommend this guy he put together a song um, titled Enjoy the Decline and he, he's a, a good musician the song doesn't suck actually i was kind of surprised like oh yeah you put together a song and then, oh and then i was like humbled that okay he named it after one of my books okay that's pretty cool i'm like okay is it gonna suck and it didn't suck he's actually really good i'm surprised but i don't want to start marketing this guy until you know like i said he's a great musician i don't know what kind of businessman he is because i'm like do you have a website because it's kind of pointless for me to plug this stuff if you ain't got a website for people to go to and then like overnight he puts together a website i'm like cool Where's the link to buy your fucking album? So um, he, he's working on that. So I don't want to put the, I don't want to plug this just yet. I wanted to use the music to open up my intro today, but I, like I said, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna hold the powder dry until you know, I don't want to send him traffic and then he not make no money off of it. Cause it is nice. I won't lie. That's that's very humbling. One of the nicest things people have done for me. Uh, so we got there. What else? Is that it? Okay, got a little bit of fan mail here. <clears throat> hey, Cappy, in Washington State for a wedding. Stayed in a cabin for a few days just outside Mount Rainier National Park. Anywho, wife and I decided to do skyline hike five-something strenuous miles. As we're heading up, run across a couple tisk-tisking the people who feed the chipmunks along the trail. Them, how dare they? Don't they realize that within just a few generations, the motivation to be self-sufficient will all but be eliminated from those poor critters? Asshole me. Yeah, but isn't it amazing that when we do it to humans, we feel so much better about ourselves? Needless to say, they looked at me like I was speaking a completely alien language. I'm surprised they didn't just get angry at you, but you had them. You basically had them. Oh, by the way, if you ever do Mount Rainier... No, I am not. <clears throat> I will not do Mount Rainier. Fuck the restaurant at the National Park Service Paradise Inn. Overpriced a swill. 30 bucks for a shoe leather salmon. 22 bucks for bison meatloaf. Ugh. Head down the road to Wildberry, run by what appears to be relocated Himalayan brothers. Oh, one of whom seems to have CP, but is still doing the job. So, oh, cerebral palsy. Sherpa stew, awesome. Chicken dish, the wife had yummers. And they do uh, homemade huckleberry pie later. John, well, I won't mention the last time. Okay, you know, maybe I will just go, I wouldn't mind having uh, Sherpa stew. That sounds worth the trip because I I looked at Mount Rainier and you basically it's it's not a one day in and out hike. I will do one day. I've done twenty six miles in the mountains. Okay, started in the morning, got out before the sunset, and I it, it's I will do that, but no more. I do not camp. I I don't. That's where I become a big pussy. I know some of you weirdos out there. You'll bring your your backpacks and your gear and your climbing gear and your food. And then you'll bring your tent, and then you'll just basically wear yourself out carrying all this gear, camp in shitty conditions, suffer, wake up with very bad sleep, go bang out another 10 miles with your body, come back to base camp, 
sleep, and then, well, it was perfect. Exactly. I'll tell you what happened. <clears throat> we were hiking up to Stewart Lake, which is outside a town called Leavenworth, Seattle. Atham, look this up. And um, it's, uh, they say it's eight and a half miles round trip, but according to the GPS, it was 9.7. So there's also an offshoot from this trail. You can go to Stewart Lake or you can go into the hinterlands and go to this thing called Colchuck Lake, which is significantly higher. And there's other lakes attached to that. So you see the people coming down from the hike. And you don't know where they're coming down from. They could either could have come from, from uh, Colchuck or Stewart Lake. But I could kind of tell who was who. Because the people coming down from Colchuck, which was a longer hike and much more steeper, and you probably would have had to camp, they had camping gear. They didn't have one backpack for three people like I did. I had, I had one backpack I was carrying for everybody else because I wanted to get an exercise in. And all you need is a little bit of water because you can do 10 miles easy, round trip, no problem. But if you're going to stay out there, you need to carry all this extra gear. And then you could see also these guys on their camping gear, they had climbing gear as well. And when those people were coming down, even though they may have had a great three days of hiking, not one of them were smiling. They were all miserable. They all looked sad. They, they, they just looked like they were depressed, that they were exhausted. And in my early days of hiking, I would have done that. Like I would have because I had to go the miles and the distance. And then I realized, you know what? I don't like being miserable. I don't like driving all the way out here and, and suffering, uh, frankly, and putting my body through pain. A little bit of pain, a little bit of exercise, fine. But I'm not exhausting myself to the point that I can't crack a smile or enjoy the fact I'm in this beautiful mountain wilderness area and just got to see sights no one else really gets to see. The people who were coming down and were smiling were those who just did Stuart Lake and back. They they did their one day in and out hike. They didn't camp. They're like talking still. They're happy. They weren't by themselves. But yeah, those those renegades, those true mountain climbers, the ones that I am not. Yeah, you you go go become mountain man Phil. You go you go camp, you go sleep in the snow, you go eat your your power bars and have the world's heartiest shits ever. You go have fun with that. I am uh, getting back to the car that exact same day, driving back to the hotel or my buddy's couch, and I'm sleeping with indoor plumbing. That's that's where the old captain draw. That's where I become a pussy. I'm in. I'm a pussy. I'm not climbing Mount Rainier. That's for you, real men and real women. You go have fun with that. I'll be in the cigar lounge smoking, or having some of myself this Sherpa stew. So, anyway, thank you for the uh, for the fan mail. And if you guys got fan mail, send it. I'll read it uh, as long as it's nothing. I don't know. They're very little. I was gonna read another one. But I'm gonna save that for another segment later. It's about how I love America and like, oh, I would never betray America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> never. All right. Listen, uh, that's the deal. If you would, please kindly go out and vote, subscribe, comment, like, and share on the social internet and interwebs. I also have a Instagram account. I put together an Instagram where I throw up all my pictures from all my adventures. People are like, you should have an Instagram account. I'm like, fuck, not another social media. Like, why now? And like all other social medias, I had to come in kicking and screaming, but a younger person basically explained it to me. Well, you have a lot of pictures. You do a lot of adventures. A lot of people would like to live vicariously through you. And I'm like, you're right, because every other social media thing I ever tried ended up making me money. So why the hell not? I didn't think this was a, we might as well. So I have an Instagram account. 
It's Instagram.com slash Clary Aaron, not Aaron Clary. That's the poor son of a bitch down in New Zealand who happens to have the same name as me. Eight billion people on this planet. There's one other unfortunate bastard with my name. That poor guy. I should, if I ever go down to New Zealand, I'll go visit. Like, hey, I'm the other Aaron Cleary. You can hit me now. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I, here's a bottle of booze. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's uh, Clary Aaron on Instagram.com. You can see all the pictures of all the stuff that I do with the internet or the motorcycle and the, and the mountain hiking. Uh, but anyway, if you would, please kindly... Subscribe, comment, vote, link, like, share, all that other stuff. Spread the good word of Asshole Consulting. And if you want to help out but you don't want to send any money, you don't have any money, please do spread the good word of my little online media empire here. Also, check your nuts, boys. Fidget with your nuts to make sure you ain't got testicular cancer. It's very easy to cure. It's the most curable form of male cancer, I believe. They just lop off one of your nuts. And uh, help the lady out. Check her for breast cancer, too. And if your girl isn't going to fidget with your nuts, you're going to have to. So check your nuts in the shower. Make it a daily routine. Just I have my, I have my, my, um, what's it called? I have my uh, dental floss. That's what they call it. Dental floss because I, I like to floss. Well, I don't like to floss, but it's a good habit, so I do that every time I shower. I floss. Uh, but then you also fidget with your nuts. Make sure that there aren't any hard spots or anything like that. Uh, and that's it. We'll catch up with you kids later. Toodles.